This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. And welcome to it. A good day to you. And uh, we are back. Uh, Lior Samfiru, of course, beside me here, the co-founding partner, Samfiru Tamarkin, LLP, the most positively reviewed law firm in the country. John Scholes here as well. Good to have you along on the show uh, today. There's lots of time over the next uh, little less than an hour for you to reach out and make those phone calls, ask those questions. It's a busy world, the uh, the world of employment law. That affects all of us, right? Not just lawyers, not just litigators, but also people who have regular jobs like we all do. So it's where you spend yeah i think john here is having some technical issues but what john was saying is as uh he always does is this is the time to call with your employment law questions what a good time what a good opportunity Uh, and you can call us now at 604-280-9898 and we'll we'll take your calls live on the air so if you want to know something about your workplace rights now is the time to do that of course i'll answer those questions live and of course if you want to connect with me off air if you want to have a private chat best way to do that just call the number it's a 1-855-821-5900 or you can go to employmentlawyer.ca we can have that conversation as well lots of things to always talk about but right now on the show we are live uh, I'll give you uh, uh, also one eight hundred number to call. It's one eight seven seven three nine 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 eight nine eight. Again, one eight seven seven three nine 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 eight nine eight to be part of the show. And John, I think you're back with us, my friend. Yeah, that was interesting. A couple technical glitches. It's never a calm show without one, so uh, why would this be any different? But yes, as you mentioned, brother, we got a ton of stuff to get through toll-free, of course. Yeah, one eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight. I know you got a couple things to uh, start off with, pal, but then we're going to get into, so you've been terminated. Now what? Well, there is a ton of what, so we'll get to that here in just a bit. But as always, as mentioned, phone lines are open. We are ready for you, one eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight. So uh, yeah, what do you got going off the top, pal? Well, John, uh, as, as you know, and our listeners know, we're live here. So we want to talk about employment law and talk questions and answer questions. There's answers, there's solutions, there's things that you can do if you are facing a workplace problem. And, and we're going to resolve those issues. But to get us started, uh, as we always do, a couple of situations that came across my desk. John, uh, this one really made me shake my head. I had to ask a lot of questions just to make sure that I heard correctly. So this uh, person had a very senior position and for some reason the CEO of the company and him didn't get along and he felt that he was being bullied and harassed and completely mistreated by the CEO of the company. So he did the right thing. He did exactly what I would have told him to do is he went and spoke with HR, told him exactly what happened in detail, dates, names, all that, and asked him to do something about it. Well, fast forward a little bit the company conducts what I can only describe to be as a very, very uh, rudimentary and frankly inappropriate investigation, a very brief one. And they come back and say, uh, we didn't find any harassment. We don't think that uh, anything that's happened is inappropriate. Fast forward a few more days, they call them into a meeting and they're saying, well, you're not getting along with the CEO, so we're going to let you go. And they, they let him go. And of course, extremely upset, this person calls me. Well, here's the thing, John. This is extremely important for everyone to remember. You cannot be let go because you filed a harassment complaint. You cannot. It's illegal. 
regardless of what the result of the complaint, even if the a company can't com- corroborate or verify what you've alleged, they cannot let you go. The moment you file that harassment complaint, you're protected. You have the right to your job. You cannot be punished or in any way, shape, or form. And this company really, really screwed it up by letting this person go. Now, there's another thing here. They also didn't conduct a proper investigation. The duty to investigate, again, is a very serious and important one. And a company has to really investigate correctly. And in this situation, John, because it's the CEO, they should have brought in an outside investigator to look at this rather than try to do it on their own. So there's going to be significant repercussions and damages that this company has to pay. And I'm going to deal with it. But I wanted to remind everyone there, it does happen, unfortunately, that you are going to be mistreated sometimes or bullied, harassed. You may be a part of a toxic work environment. If that happens, you should give the company the opportunity to resolve the issue, if at all possible. If they drop the ball like this one did, I'll get involved, I'll help you. But John, this company really should not have let this person go. Uh, And yeah, there's going to be some repercussions. Something tells me they're going to come to realize that that was a big mistake. And we often say on the show as well that, you know, if it, that's fine, you can go to HR or, or proper channels if it's a, a rather large company with those type of resources. But if it's a small, you know, as they call them, mom and pop shop, and, you know, the harassing or the bullying is coming from the one you should report to, that's when they hop, skip over that and go right to you, correct? Absolutely. If you know that complaining to someone is going to be kind of useless and futile because there's really no one to complain to, then you get me involved and, and we skip that step and we deal with it through me. Bottom line is you should always know there are rights and there you can't just be harassed and bullied. That's not acceptable. Gone are the days when an employer can say, you know, boys will be boys. So mm-hmm. if that ever happens to you, if you're in that situation, you know what to do. Any problems, you give me a call. And to reach out to Leora and the crew anytime, as you might know already, but uh, write it down, one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca. But we do, of course, invite your calls here for the remainder of this show today, one 877 What else you got going on, pal? So I, I, uh, a number of months ago, a couple of months ago, I uh, was retained by a lady who I uh, was let go like so many other people because of her vaccination status. Mm. Uh, her, she didn't get the vaccine. The reasons really don't matter. Uh, she just didn't feel comfortable with it for whatever reason. But her employer said, well, okay, if you didn't get the vaccine, we're going to let you go. And we're going to let you go for cause. We're not going to pay you any severance because we're telling you to, to, uh, to get the vaccine. You're refusing. So that's, that refusal is insubordination. We're not going to pay you anything. So she retained me, my firm, and we've been dealing with this for the last couple of months. And just before the weekend, we were able to resolve this on the basis of 20 months pay. Now, this lady had been with this employer for about 22 years, and uh, she was delighted. 20 months pay is going to allow her the time she needs to find another job. And uh, this was a really good result, and very quickly, within a couple of months. And the reason why I'm mentioning that is not because this is a unique situation. In fact, the reason I'm mentioning it is because it's not a unique situation. Right. We've been resolving these matters across the country for individuals that have lost their job or been put on the leave because of their vaccination status. Uh, and you know, I've been asked often, have the courts decided on this issue? They haven't, and they may never get to mm-hmm. because this, these matters get settled. They get resolved. It's not a complicated uh, or overly controversial legal issue, and we've been able to resolve these matters. So if you're still in, in, on a leave or you have been let go because of your vaccine status, 
the law does support you here and we can resolve this for you it may not be 20 months it could be less actually it could even be more but bottom line is you're still owed compensation you're owed severance if you are let go because of your vaccine status of course assuming you're not part of a union if you are in that boat like so many others by all means give us a call the number now, one 877 toll free to call the station and talk to us. Don't be baffled by any questions. Uh, get them sorted out. Call and talk to Lior uh, right now before we get into a couple of talking points before our first break of the day. So you've been terminated. Now what? We wanted to bring this topic up today, Lior, because it's, it's, it's incredibly important because this is the time where people start to panic. There's a lot of stress involved. This is where the misinformation happens. This is where the panic Googling starts to go on. So that's right. I, th- I think it's safe to say it's a pretty, uh, pretty popular topic. And you've been busy with this type of topic lately, haven't you? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, I'm starting to see kind of the cracks in the economic foundation. You know, last couple of months, a lot of people have, uh, been working. It's been really good, but with the, uh, the cost of living and inflation and some other signs are, are coming, I'm starting to see companies letting people go. So we want to talk about what happens if you lose your job. For many people, they haven't been let go before. And I want to talk to you about what happens if you're called into the meeting, how to deal with that, what your rights are, you know, what to say, what to do. And, and of course, what happens uh, when you're completely out of work. So We'll talk about those things, important things. The law here is on your side, and we're going to tell you exactly what you need to know. Before that, we'll slip into a uh, quick break. I want to mention a couple things as we get into that break and come back with your phone calls. I see you there, Matt and Dan. Hang on. We'll get to you guys. Um, you can always go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. By the way, I want to mention that off the top. Super handy website. It's free. It's anonymous. Rolled into that is the severance pay calculator. Over 2 million people. Two million have used it and had their eyes open as to what proper severance should be. You can use that at your leisure, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. And uh, Lior's number to catch up with the firm and the crew, one 821 5900 We'll take a short break. Lots more on the way. Just getting warmed up. You know that number to call in, one 877 We'll continue with the Employment Law Show. And back indeed. Good to have you along for the remainder. Here is how you uh, get on board with us and call in and talk to us. Good to have you along. The show toll free, one eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight is how you do that. I want to thank uh, Matthew off the top for hanging on the longest so far. Matthew, how are you? What's going on today? Hey, not bad. Just getting off of work. Beauty. Uh, got some questions. Yeah, throw it at us. Go ahead. Okay, so I work in the automotive industry under a commission base. I was hired on a Monday afternoon. I was told to come in on a Wednesday afternoon. I booked uh, appointments for Saturday and Friday afternoon. I was let go. Now, the reason why they let me go is because they said that I had made derogatory comments and I had made the female staff in the wash bay uncomfortable now the reason why i had to walk past them was because the designated smoke location was behind the quonset now at the end of this conversation they gave me a hundred dollars and said thanks for your time now matthew when they hired you were you working somewhere else and what i'm asking is essentially were you recruited from another job no no i was recruited I was in, uh, recruited through Indeed, and um, you know, and that's the thing about like the auto industry is like a lot of these companies they they hire commission based staff, and then they run them for a week or two weeks, 
and they let them go. And sometimes they, what they do is they'll uh, they'll pay you like sometimes a minimum wage, and then other times they'll just throw you some cash. Just wondering. Right. Like, so, so Matthew, here's, here's the without thing. Without actually ever talking to the female staff, like, so, is so there the, any the reason to actually go Matthew, after them? The, the reason why you were let go ultimately is not the issue here because let us assume that the reason is, is bogus or they, they didn't do anything wrong. They're still allowed to let you go. It's a question of what do they owe you as a result of that. Now, in terms of uh, severance, because you worked there for two days or three days or whatever it is, uh, and because you were not recruited from another job, we're not really going to be looking at severance here. What they do owe you at a minimum, even though you were commissioned, at a minimum, they owe you minimum wage for the time, for the hours that you did work. Uh, and you know whether that's more or less than what they paid you, I don't know. You can do the math, but that's all the, they would owe you. And, and and it's because a company can ultimately let someone go for any reason, as long as they pay the individual what they owe. And for you, what they owe you is payment for your time work, at least at the minimum wage level. Does that make sense? Right, so you can't you can't go after anybody about the idea that they uh, maybe tarnished a person's reputation when they say stuff like that. Well, if in fact they're saying something outside, out, you know, kind of the outside world that you were a harasser, yeah, you can go after them for defamation for whoever is saying that. Absolutely. Uh, but now, would you know, it, if it's kind would of it be the going after the no. employee or would it be after the employer? Whoever is saying that. So if uh, if the employees said that to their employer, you could go after that employee as lo- if, if it was completely bogus, if there was no basis for it, then yeah, you could. I don't know that I would recommend it. Would they have any money to pay you? I don't know. Now, if the company, though, is saying to others, potential new employers, etc., well, you got to watch out for Matthew. He's a problem. Well, that absolutely could be defamation. You can certainly go after them in that situation. Right. Okay. All right, Matt, I hope that uh, hope that helped. And uh, we're going to move along here. The number, by the way, toll free. You want to call in just like Matt, one 9898 1-877-399-9898. Uh, Dan, thank you so much for standing by. How are you? Good. How are you? Good, sir. What's on your mind? Good. Hey, so I work for a major lumber producing company, and I'm off work because I'm, well, disabled. Well, I'm not disabled yet. But I have to have, make a choice on Monday on whether or not I'll be off on short term or go back to work. Hmm. So I don't know okay. what was was my rights as an employee. Well, here's the thing: the decision as to whether to go back really should be your doctor's decision. You know, if your doctor says yeah, you're fine to go to work, then you go to work. If the doctor says no, you should be off, then you go off. If you go off work on disability, your right is to to be off, to be allowed to be off as long as you need to uh, to get better, whether that's a week, a month, a year, or or even longer than that. You can't yeah, be let go to, because to, you're off on a disability. I should pay Sorry, the bills. I put a roof that, over my head. Right. So there's that's where I'm assuming, or, or does your employer have a short-term disability plan through work? Yes, they do. So, so that, that will pay you short-term disability and then long-term disability. And in theory, if, if you are unable to work, that could pay you till the age of 65. Hopefully, that's not an issue for you. But hopefully, the, but if you need it, it's there to pay you. And if for any time, any reason, you get denied by the insurance company, either for short-term 
or long-term disability, then you give me a call and we'll deal with the insurance company. But you can apply for that and, and continue on that as long as your doctor supports you. And if your employer gives you a hard time for any reason, then we'll deal with that. But bottom line well, is they can't really do anything to you if you're following your doctor's orders. Yeah, they're demanding doctor's notes and everything, so I have to pay for them, right? So. Yeah, but you don't need doctor's notes in multiple. All you need is one doctor's note that says, can you work, can you not work? And if you know or your doctor says that's it, you're going to be off for a few months, all you need is a doctor's note saying for medical reasons you can't work. And that's it. Uh, and, and then another doctor's note to clear you to come back and it, when you're cleared to return back to work. You don't need a doctor's note every day or every week. Just one. Oh, well, thank you. You answered my question. No yeah. worries, Dan. You want to uh, you want to reach out any further? You could do so. I'm going to give you a number to get a hold of Lior if it uh, if it comes about where you need some more assistance. Uh, simple, and that number is one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Again, Dan one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. But uh, yeah, we still got lots of time, so come on in. Water's warm, and that is one eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight. Toll free, of course. Want to get into our uh, topic of the day, pal? So you've been terminated. Now what? Are there any sure signs, really, that may tell someone that they're uh, they're on the precipice of getting canned? What do you think? Yeah, there absolutely are. And kind of the first thing I, I say always is trust your gut. If your gut tells me, yeah, they're going to let me go, in my experience, that's usually a good sign. It's probably going to happen. But other signs are when you're no longer being invited to meetings and you see that there's no longer plans being made for you for you know later on and they're not scheduling you for things. If you're being, uh, you know, no, it's people treating you differently. They don't look you in the eye. Uh, they, they don't, uh, you know, make conversation the same way. You know, how's your weekend? How's the family? Those are all signs that you're going to be let go. But remember, just because there are signs and you're pretty sure it's going to happen doesn't actually mean that you can do something about it. An employer is allowed to let you go, even if there's good reason, no good reason. They could do that. It comes down to compensation, which we'll talk about. But a lot of individuals call me saying, I think they're going to let me go. How do I do? How do I avoid it? Or what do I do about it? And the answer generally is, well, you can't really do anything about it. Uh, if they're going to let you go, it's going to happen. And some, I've seen some situations where individuals say, "Well, uh, I'm going to just go off on a, on a medical leave to avoid that." That doesn't work yeah. either. So I wouldn't do that. If you are going to be let go, it's going to happen. You want to obviously make sure that you're prepared for it, especially kind of from a, a mental standpoint, so that you can make good decisions when that happens. Uh, so those are a few signs to keep in mind for sure. And uh, the key thing is we kind of mentioned off the topic, and I have a, I have a family member that's going through this now with uh, with the heads up of something's coming down the pike, is not to panic because the anxiety builds up really quickly. I mean, especially if you don't have much warning, you just get let go right away. But with all the stuff we talk about on the show here and the fact that you give out your number and we talk to so many people weekly uh, on this radio show, just you got to try to keep that in check because there is there is things there's checks and balances and as you often say the the laws are robust on your side so just trying to keep that in mind right we'll talk about laws for sure but you have to remember that you're going to be asked to make some decisions company's going to give you mm-hmm. documents to sign and that because it's a difficult time i know you're going to be tempted to sign them or to just get get it done but for all the reasons we're going to talk about after the break you have to take a deep breath be prepared yeah. and and make sure you you trust the laws which are on your side 
We will dip into those after the break. As mentioned, toll-free. Bring it on. We'd love to talk to you. one 9898 Again, 1-877-399-9898. And help at ca. We'll continue. This is the Employment Law Show. All righty. Welcome back. And thank you so much for sticking around. Yeah, that's right. Toll-free. 1-877-399-9898. And help at employmentlawyer.ca. You want to toss an email along. If we've got enough time before the end of the show, we'll try to get some because we always have a, a few stacked up. But in the meantime, so now you've been terminated. Uh, what do you do? How about those, Lior, who have not had the uh, pleasure of being terminated? How does a termination meeting usually go? How does that all break down? Yeah, it's certainly not, not a, a pleasure that you're going to want to go through more than once, uh, although it does happen. It happens a lot and often, unfortunately. So a termination meeting, as the name suggests, is where the company is going to tell you that you are going to be let go. Uh, and usually you would be called into a meeting in the boardroom. Uh, usually it would be two people there, uh, either your direct boss in HR or, or some other two senior people with the company. And what you'll be surprised to hear that the meeting usually is very brief. The purpose of a termination meeting is not to discuss the reasons for a company letting you go. In fact, in many cases, a company is not even going to want to tell you the reason in a meeting. The purpose of a termination meeting, as the name suggests, is to simply tell you that the decision has been made that you are going to be let go. Uh, and Oftentimes you may want to ask and the company, you may want to ask and will ask the company, well, why, what did I do wrong? And you may find that the company says, we're not going to get into that. We're not going to discuss that. We're not even going to talk at all about reasons. We just made the decision. Now, I understand that that sounds unfair and, and harsh. And yeah, in some respects it is. But from a legal standpoint, a company is not required to have a reason or to give a reason what they're required to do by law is to pay the appropriate amount of severance, which we'll get into but not necessarily to give a reason. And for many people, you may see that as a very frustrating thing. They let me go, they couldn't even tell me why. Well, they obviously would have a reason, but they're not often going to give it to you. Now, what what else is gonna happen at that termination meeting is the company usually is gonna give you some documents, oftentimes in an envelope, not expecting you to even read those there. That documents would include your severance offer and what the company's prepared for, to pay you in, in, in return for you signing it. Uh, they're then going to walk you out of the, the room to, uh, to get your belongings and walk you out right away. And again, some people may say, well, that's very harsh. Why do they have to walk me out like a criminal? They don't. But again, oftentimes they will anyway, uh, and they'll just make arrangements with you later to have your personal belongings returned from the company. They'll also make arrangements to, for you to return whatever belongings that you have, you know, computers, uh, phones, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, it's that severance letter which we'll get into that is the important key here and and that's the document that is what really matters and the one of course you should not sign until you you properly understand what you wrote but that termination letter won't last more than 20 minutes it can even be 10 minutes uh, and you're not going to get much satisfaction by way of explanation as to why you are let go yeah, I have a friend who is a colleague who is, uh, you know, in management and, you know, got let go a couple times for no reason that he did anything wrong. But, you know, he often says, you know, if you go to the boardroom with the clear glass, you're probably okay. If it's the boardroom of the meeting with the frosted glass, not good. Not good. <laughs> and he's usually right. But, uh, you know, does the company, do they ever have to give you a reason why they're letting you go? Or that's like, as you said, you don't focus on that, do you? 
you don't and and sometimes what the company may do is they may give you some more information in the severance letter but because right. they don't want the meeting itself to be about that, uh, they, you know, in the meeting itself, they, they likely won't get into it. Uh, and the reason they won't get into it, as I said, is also they don't have to. Because the law says, hey, as long as you're prepared to pay the employee what they owe you, or what you owe them, then the reason doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, an employer can let an employee go for most reasons as long as severance is paid. Of course, the exception to that is, you cannot be let go for discriminatory reasons. Right. You can't be let go because of your age or your race or your disability, a few other reasons as well. That's illegal. That's a human rights violation. But short of that, yeah, you can be let go. And that's why a company is often just not going to want to even open that that uh, discussion as to why they, they're letting you go. You can join this discussion, though, toll free. You can. You still have time. One eight seven seven three nine nine. 9898 it's a, you know it's an it's an uncomfortable meeting that uh, for that few minutes that it takes place as you mentioned Lior uh, what should you say during the meeting i mean your canadian politeness uh, politeness most people stand up and say thank you which they probably shouldn't but i mean what should you say anything or just sit quiet and nod your head and say okay we'll talk to you later i mean what do you do there really is not much to say that there's always a tendency to try to explain why they shouldn't let you go and and All why right. uh, you know why that wasn't Major the right case. decision but the, the reality is that decision has been made. So, so you trying to kind of explain, you know, why they're wrong is not going to change it. Uh, you want to ask questions about, you know, your, your workplace belongings and how those are going to be returned to you. Uh, you want to, of course, ask questions about, uh, you, you know, your, your severance if you have any questions about that. But beyond that, there's really not much to ask and then not much to do there. Uh, by then, by the time you're in that boardroom with the frosted glasses, John says, that decision is done. It's over. So there's not going to be anything to say or to do that's going to change that. Uh, and any any further discussions, you'll see it's a co- something that the company often wants to avoid. Yeah. So now you're just moments after that termination meeting. It's, it's all starting to sink in. What usually happens then? So now we're talking about that that severance letter. Now is really where it's important. And, and listen, I understand that when you're let go, it's a traumatic situation. So, you, you know, you just lost your job. You're not going to have any income coming in. But, hey, your financial obligations continue. You still have to pay your mortgage and your other bills. And maybe you have kids that you have to pay for them to go to university. And how are you going to do that when you're not working? And here comes the company. And they... John, they offer you severance and they say, you know what, we're going to be nice to you. We're going to offer you this amount of money, but of course you have to pay to sign this by Friday. Well, the temptation then is going to be, man, I better sign this because I need this money. That's right. So I don't want to lose it. I don't want to not get this money. Well, here's the thing, and our regular listeners, I hope, know it, that your that deadline is meaningless. It's useless. It doesn't do anything. Your legal rights don't expire on Friday. And... The, the key here is to remember that for the vast majority of people, the vast majority, when you are let go, you're offered a lot less than what you're owed. A lot less. I'm not talking about, well, I'm owed eight months severance and they offered me six. I'm talking about I'm owed eight months and they offered me two. And that's why it's so, so important to, despite the traumatic situation and the fact that you're feeling the pressure, to take a deep breath and understand that the law is here to protect you. The law doesn't allow the company to avoid paying you just because you didn't meet their arbit- arbitrary deadline. The other thing to remember is if because of 
that pressure, you still end up signing it, and then you realize, wait, I made a mistake. It's too late. You can't go back on it. That severance is intended to carry you until you find another job. So you only have one shot at it, 90% of the time. As I said, you're offered a lot less than what you're owed. So what do you do? You call me, and you talk to me, and we'll, we'll sit down and discuss exactly what you're owed. But you can do something even faster. In fact, you can do it right now. Grab your smartphone, your tablet, go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca and use our severance calculator. Again, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We have a severance calculator there. It's a tool. It's free. It's easy. It's anonymous. And you can find out in seconds how much you are legally owed. Not the six weeks or 10 weeks that the company offered you, but what the law says you should have. And when you're armed with that knowledge, you're not going to make the wrong decision. You're not going to sign this uh, severance letter with that pressure. Every single week I speak with individuals that have signed that letter and realized they made a mistake and they want my help to get them out of it, and I can't. So the key here is get that advice. Go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Do not, under any circumstances, accept that severance offer. The law is going to provide you with much greater entitlements than what the company's offered. Yeah, that deadline's just a pressure tactic, right? They, they they want you off the books. Sign this, get out, have a nice day, off you go. Right? Well, it's it's a huge pressure, and actually, John, it's it's a, an effective pressure tactic. Yeah. If a company says we're going to pay you, but only if you sign this by Friday, most people are going to say, "Where's the pen? I got to sign this now," because I, I I can't afford not to get paid. But it's a pressure tactic. It's nothing beyond that. They don't get to decide that. And, and let me give you the example that I always like to give. You know, if I owe you $100 and I say, John, I'm only going to pay you 30 but you better sign this by Friday or I'm not even going to pay you that, you're going to look at me in a, in a very strange way because, wait a second, why would I sign this to get 30 You owe me 100 Well, it's the same thing with severance. If a company owes you 24 months pay, they'll have to pay that. Whether you sign this, whether you don't sign this, and that deadline is exactly that, a pressure tactic. A short break and lots more coming up, including some emails, possibly if you have time. But if you fill the phones, we won't. So do that toll-free, 1-877-399-9898. Give us a call. We'd love to talk to you as we continue more of the Employment Law Show. Yeah, you still have some minutes. That would be the number, one eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight. Would love to get you uh get you on the show. We're working our way down the list of questions about this. So you've been terminated, now what? You know, you just said and you made a nice uh, monetary comparison about the company offering a lot less severance than they actually owe. You're thinking, okay, this is consistent. 99 uh, out of 100 times they do this. They should know better. You'd think they do. So why do they keep doing it? Yeah, and I get that asked often, you know, if, if they owe me more, why are they not paying me more right off the bat? Why are they offering yeah. me less? And, and like I said, there's really two reasons, and, you know, you, you touched on one of them. And the, the first reason is that the company itself may not be aware of its legal obligations. Believe it or not, happens all the time. Company may think, oh, we only owe a week's pay per year or two weeks per year, and that, that's what they offer in good faith, believing that is what they owe. Getting it wrong, of course, but just like you may not be aware of your rights, the company may not be aware of its obligations, especially if it's a smaller company or a company without sophisticated HR uh, uh, people. That may happen. And we have to educate the company. And oftentimes we educate them. They realize they owe more, they pay more, and everyone walks away happy. The second reason, though, as to why a company may offer you a lot less than what you're owed is because 
Well, they know better, but they hope that you don't know any better. And guess what? Those are pretty good odds for the company. They figured, well, you know what? If we let go 10 people and we offer all of them uh, inadequate severance, we can assume that you know seven, eight of them are going to accept it because they don't know any better. And the other two or three, yes, they'll, they'll know more and we'll have to pay them more. But those are pretty good odds for the company. And they keep doing that. Well, what I'm trying to do on this show is to try to even things out more so that you know that number, instead of seven or eight people that don't know any better, becomes maybe two or three. Certainly, if you're listening, you now know better. You understand that you are owed more than a week per year or two weeks per year. In fact, you could be owed as much as 24 months of severance. By the way, even if you're a short service employee, you may have worked for a company for a few months. And your severance could be worth a few months' pay. Absolutely. In fact, short service employees are treated disproportionately better than longer service employees. So, yeah, you have significant rights. Uh, company either doesn't appreciate it or they hope that you don't appreciate it. Either way, doesn't matter. It's up to you to enforce your rights, up to you to stand up for your rights. And that's what we're uh, telling you. That's what we're informing you today so you can know how to do that. Well, you just said it. I mean, now that you have this newfound knowledge from this show and we're informing people, so you think, okay, well, uh, I just got a severance letter. I've learned from Lior in this wonderful radio program. I'm going back in there with my chin high, going to beat my chest, and I'm going to go negotiate better severance for myself. Is that something that someone can do on their own? Should they even try? Well, I, I, I've struggled answering this. In my experience, it's simply not something that, that works really well. So, listen, if your employer is one of those employers in the first category where they actually don't know any better, they don't know that they owe you more, you coming to them and saying to them, you owe me more is not going to work because they're going to say, no, no, we know that we don't. I need to come to say that to them because that's when they're going to consult with their lawyer who's going to tell them, yeah, you need to uh, to pay this employee more work, um, and more severance. The other thing is this. I'm always concerned if you're going to try to negotiate your severance on your own is you're going to lowball yourself and make it much more difficult to actually get the proper severance. You know, if, if, if you're offered six-month severance but you're owed 20 and you go to them and say, I want 10 months, well, you've just lowballed yourself and, you know, we're never going to be able to get you what you're owed. In most cases, a company is not going to take you seriously if you try to negotiate on your own, which is why it's not effective. So, yes, you, you could try. I'm not going to try to dissuade you from trying. I just, in my 20 years of doing this, I have not seen it be effective. You want to get the company's attention. You want to make sure that they do the right thing, and you do that by getting us involved. Again, you still have some time to call in. Any questions, toll-free, 1-877-399-9898. So, okay, I'll get you on their, uh, on their tail to give them a kick in the pants, as you'd like to say. How long does that usually take, that negotiation for severance? You know, so many people uh, avoid speaking to a lawyer, hiring a lawyer when it comes to their severance because they assume, well, it's going to take forever. It's going to take months or years and, and, you know, we have to go to court and I don't want to do that. And you're right. Who would want to do that? Right? I agree. No one wants to wait years and have to go to court to get what they're owed. And, and if it was like that, then many people, in fact, don't shouldn't call a lawyer. Here's the thing, though. When it comes to employment law, these disputes don't take years. The vast majority of them resolve quickly, anywhere from two weeks to two months. Okay, The vast majority of these matters will resolve that quickly. And they don't involve going to court. In fact, to me, going to court 
is extremely rare because we don't need to. We are able to resolve this much faster on good terms. So taking legal action against your company to enforce your rights does not mean you're going to court. The chances of going to court are very, very small. So please don't be afraid of the process. Don't avoid pursuing your legal rights because you're afraid of the legal process to get those rights. Unlike in other cases like injury cases or divorces where those proceedings can be long and problematic, not so in employment cases, okay? So if you lost your job, please don't be afraid of the process. Let's talk about what you're owed and let's get you what you're owed. So I think John is having another technical issue. So we're going to take our uh, next caller today. Uh, going back to the lines, we, we have uh, Breton. Hi, Breton. How are Hello, you today? Uh, so I, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So I'm a construction worker. Uh, quite often I have to work four or five, six hours without a lunch break. And the deal is, and I've looked up the, uh, the rules on this, apparently as long as they pay my lunch break, they can delay it indefinitely. It's this silly little loophole. So that yeah. so that that is what it is. They they pay me for the time. I like they pay me hours for the time I take my lunch break, and they don't have to give it after four hours. Seems bizarre, but it's a fact. My question is: Is there anything uh, saying that if I work eight hours and there isn't time for lunch break, is there anything saying they have to compensate me for a half hour of time I didn't work? because they weren't able to give me a lunch break. But that's what's happening to my wife. She's working nine and 10 hour shifts without any meal break, coffee break or anything, but she isn't being compensated now an extra half hour of time work like I would be. No, she, she, she has to be compensated. Absolutely, she has to be. Not even a question, it's, it's not legal. And, and if the company refuses, if you've spoken to them, her, her best recourse uh, is to go to the uh, the employment standards branch, you know, the the branch of the of the government, the provincial government dealing with employment issues, and she can file a complaint, and they'll come in there and 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 set a, set them straight. Uh, I mean, that's yeah, a very yeah, long day to yeah, go yeah, without a break or without pay. Is there anything else that can be done? Because I've talked to that branch, and they uh, they couldn't even tell me how backlogged they were, but likely measured yes. in the year. So fair, fair point. So yes, there absolutely is, and, and and it's very fast, and it could be resolved this week. And that is a letter from me. A letter from me to the company is going to be the the kick in the pants that the company needs to deal with this. So if your your wife wants to reach out to me, or you want to reach out to me off air, we can connect and and discuss that. But honestly, a letter from me sets them straight and gets this resolved. <laughs> You're right. It, it, there is a huge backlog now in, in light of uh, everything that's happened with the pandemic uh, with the government. So you may want to avoid that. Okay, so one final quick follow-up question. Um, that kind of letter being sent, this kind of uh, um, going after the person, if they were to sell their business and someone else would do, take over ownership, can you still come after them, or have they gotten away with it after that point if they don't own the company anymore? They absolutely can. You absolutely can go after them. They, they, they don't escape their, their uh, obligations that way. So please, by all means, uh, if your wife wants that help, Happy to do that and, and, and do that, and we'll, we'll, we'll go from there. Uh, thank you for that. And uh, to, for her to reach out to me or for anyone to reach out to me, one 821 5900 And do we have Johnny back here with us? 
Oh yeah, it's one of those days, pal. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? <laughs> Look, you know what? We got uh, we didn't have time for the emails today, but we still got some time to give out to your particular particulars. So we'll do that if you want to carry forth with uh, Lior. Now that we are done for a uh, for another day, he just gave it out, but I'll give it to you again before we wrap. One eight seven seven eight two one fifty nine hundred. And if you're wondering about that severance amount, most people do. Most people are. You can go to Pocket Employment Lawyer. .ca. It's a good resource. The severance pay calculator is wrapped up right into that. And then finally, emails we'll try to get to next week. Keep sending them. That would be help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll catch you next time on the Employment Law Show. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.